Welcome to the Six Figure Jobs Podcast. I'm really excited about this one. I've been waiting for this one. As all of you guys know, uh, I don't have fake friends on the Six Figure Jobs Podcast, only real friends. Um, Ramon Germain, welcome to the Six Figure Jobs Podcast. Harvard graduate, uh, director at Grace Blue, one of the most powerful recruiting and talent companies you've never heard of on the planet Earth, based out of the UK, but Ramon works in the United States. Uh, in North America. Welcome to the Six Figure Jobs Podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, James. What a wonderful introduction. I'm really excited about this. <laughs> so you're you're like the Olivia Pope of jobs. <laughs> oh man. If, if only, if only I, now you make me want to have the wardrobe and a glass of wine and the popcorn to go along with all of it. <laughs> I mean, we we should we should do this at night next time <laughs> so that you can Get the popcorn, the wine, the all white coat. The all white, always, of course, just to like all pastel. <laughs> with red wine, which was the most bold thing. I was like, red wine and all white everything. Mm. I know. Yeah. Please, 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 so clear that I said you are officially now the Olivia Pope <laughs> of careers. I will try to live up to that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's cool. I think, you know, you know, I'm in L.A. and you're, and you're in New York. You know, my, my mind is Hollywood. Like, we should just start writing that. I mean, absolutely. Because there is, you know, you, you remember when there was that era of, like, confessions of a recruiter. Like, right. the confessions of add-in whatever. Right. And I, I was surprised by, I had a friend who actually did that. And I was just surprised by how there's so many things that, you know, we maybe take for granted right. uh, in the business that people are like, wait, I, I didn't know oh, wow, that's how that works? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess there is something here uh -huh. that feels like if, if, if you're not doing it day to day, um, right. feels either voyeuristic and hopefully, you know, through, through the course of this conversation, helpful information to people. Right. Well, which is, which is the whole point of Six Figure Jobs is to yeah. remove that veil and that mystique <laughs> and allow people to understand generally how things work. You know, every organization is different. But there are a lot of common traits across hiring managers, different size companies. Um, so funny, I was talking to a friend the other day about what it's like to go through a process at Google or at Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. And those companies specifically have processes where don't think it's going to be three interviews in a month and a half. Right. Multiple oh. presentations, multiple projects, multiple yeah. panels. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, it takes it takes sort of a stamina and a perseverance. And I think it's, it's a fine line, right? It's like you, you want, I think, for both sides to have done enough vetting so that on day one, you both know what you're getting into, yeah. you know, and there aren't like major surprises, but right. there's always going to be a degree of the unknown until you're in it doing it. So mm -hmm. I think there's also balancing how much information do you actually need to make this decision, both as an employer and a candidate, and then how much is just too much and you've lost perspective and you're burning people out. Um, and it's a, it's a delicate balance. Yeah. Agree. Um, so, you know, one of the reasons why I was so excited to have you on outside of our personal relationship is, um, you know, you pretty much, I'm assuming so, but you pretty much deal with six figure people only, correct? Yeah. That's yeah. True. So based off the profile of the people that you work with, you know, uh, as you said earlier, prior to us recording, you know, six figure jobs, we've, um, added some, um, some open openness to the mystique mm -hmm. of getting a six-figure job. So when you're interviewing someone or searching for someone is a better way to say it, because the first point of our conversation was candidate branding. Um, just honest question. 
Do you see when you find a six figure person, do you see a difference in how they branded themselves, how they communicate and how they come across? I do. And it may not be, you know, sort of what the obvious one is. I think what I look for, uh, I think, and connect to is somebody with an interesting story who knows how to tell it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because that's the hook, right? And, and, and I think your story is different from your resume. Yes. I really like to separate those because I know um, we all, and I, I'm guilty, like the, the, that, that construct of like, oh my goodness, I have to update my resume is the thing that we dread, we procrastinate, we, we reformat, we look at every word, we redesign, mm-hmm. we try to figure out how can I make this stand out? And, you know, one of the, um, one of the, I think, dirty little secrets is like, mm-hmm. we don't, I, well, I won't speak for the industry. I don't even look at a resume that deeply mm-hmm. because yeah. it's, you're looking at too many, right? So it's less about like, is there a picture? Is this format? It's, it's, is there a compelling story? Is the content clear? Are there actions around it? But when I have that conversation, when you have the benefit of having a conversation with a candidate, what I'm mm-hmm. listening for is the story. Yeah. Who are you? And mm-hmm. that's really where I start. And, mm-hmm. and part of that is what you've done, mm-hmm. um, obviously. But it's, it really does start with who are you? Because that is where the difference is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like at some point, the bullet points on the resume start to become, um, you know, just table stakes. Mm-hmm. You have to have done certain things. But the how you tell your story uh, and who you are, I think, is the thing that always sticks for me. Mm-hmm. And I know it does for my clients as well. Yeah, agreed. Thank you for validating, um, you know, the approach of the six figure jobs course. I was just on with someone yesterday that is a, at a senior senior manager level, and um, um, the person's a six figure jobs client, and we just went over their LinkedIn, and I just told them like fifteen areas of improvement, just real quick. And the way I've tried to describe it to them is exactly what you said. It's not that anyone is going to look at your LinkedIn and say, oh my God, this is amazing. I must contact this person. But I've said, if, you, if you're starting to play the game with the full deck of cards, I don't want any cards taken away from you before you even right, start yes. playing. That's right. So if you have punctuation, if, you, if, if it's... If it's all commas are all out of place, run on yep. sentences. It's jumbled and looks like SpaghettiOs on a, on a table. Then you, you're just going to get some cards taken from you and likely the conversation won't even start. That's right. And then I have another senior executive um, that I'm working with that is incredibly talented and powerful. But as you've seen many times, I got a four page resume. Mm with formatting all over the place. And I was like, this doesn't, to your point, this does not tell a story of yep. who you are and what you can do. You're a multi-million dollar revenue generator and an industry juggernaut. And this just looks yeah. like a hot mess on paper. Yeah. But you have yeah. to have that cards to play the game. Yep. Yeah. I think that's just the, the, the entry point. And then, it, and then it's how you put it together. Right. Yeah. Like you said, so for me, it's like, think before you even get there, like, how would you tell your story? 
right. people struggle with that all the time. Like, where's your starting point? You're going to start with your career. You're going to start with where you're, you know, your, your, your background in terms of where you were born. I've had people start there because they're like, this is germane to who I am as a professional right. today. Right. So it's, it's putting that package together and being able to tell that in a succinct and compelling way. I think it has to be true to you mm-hmm. and interesting to the other person, right? It's got to be both. Yeah. Because yeah. if it's true to you and it's not interesting to your audience, then that's right. great. You, but, and, and, and conversely, if you know, it's interesting to your audience, but it doesn't feel authentic to who you are, that's going to fall flat too. Yeah. Got it. Um, so thank you for, for that. So in terms of the interview process, which, you know, at, at your level, just for the audience for general education, um, you know, this is a screening process, right? So we have screens, which are typically before a formal set of interviews that occur. And um, is your role in finding um, and, and maybe you can articulate the t- type of clients that you serve, but is your role when you're screening, what, what are the takeaways that you're looking to find before you present someone to a client? So number one, um, you don't have to give names, of course, but what are the type of clients that you serve? And then number two, what are the takeaways from the screening process that you're looking to deliver to your um, clients? Yeah. Um, no, happy to elaborate on that. So a, a lot of our clients, all our work is in the um, marketing, advertising, and communication space. Okay. Now that spans a lot of, you know, we're fortunate in that while that's very specific, mm-hmm. it spans uh, a couple of different types of companies. So it, it's everything from, you know, Fortune 500 companies to the agencies that, you know, they may work with and agencies is everything from media to creative to experiential to, you know, communications um, to, you know, even academic institutions we've worked with that all like look at it through the lens of marketing um, and, and communications. Um, and then we're also fortunate to work across disciplines. So we don't just specialize in, um, you know, uh, let's say business leaders or mm-hmm. strategy or, you know, creative or um, talent. We kind of look across that. So it gives us a lot of visibility into um, a particular industry. Um, so that's kind of where our work is. In terms of, you know, what what we look for in that initial conversation, which tends to be anywhere from, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, because we take the time to we tell you a little bit about us, but we spend most of the time getting to know you, right. is really dependent on what we've agreed with the client that the brief for the role is. Okay. So before we even have, you know, a conversation with a candidate, what we will do is spend time with our clients really understanding what the needs are for that particular role. And that is everything from the functional needs, you know, like will this person need to have managed a PL? Mm-hmm. You know, will they need to manage a team of X size? Will they need to have done work of a certain caliber? So what are the things that they just have to functionally know? And then equally importantly, what is the culture of the place that they're going to be coming into? Mm-hmm. With the goal not being to have a culture fit, which is something that I really don't subscribe to, but Correct. there has to be compatibility right. on both sides. So what kind of people do well in this organization mm-hmm. and why? And what kind of people don't and why? And that's an easier way to get mm, that that's culture. A really good question. Yeah. Because I think, James, when we talk about culture, it means so, it, it, it's, it's such a pervasive term that, you know, you ask somebody, describe the culture of the company, and you get a lot of, it's collaborative, but you get a lot of the same words over and over again. So right. I think it's easier to look at like who succeeds here 
Right. And why and who doesn't. Um, so we put all of that together in a brief, which is basically as we're having the conversations, listening for, does this person have the functional and sort of the cultural attributes to be successful in this job? I think mm-hmm. it's really important to think of it that way as well. Not um, are they the right candidate, but is this person going to enjoy doing this work? So I'm sure. also listening for who are you? What are you about? What are the things you want to do? And based on the things that you want to do, the thing that we're actually talking about may not be right for you. Mm-hmm. And I'll be the first person to say, I don't know that this one's quite right. But now that I know you, I have a different thought. Right. So maybe something like this is actually more your speed. Right. Let me ask you a question. But the, isn't the culture match, culture ad on both sides? But that's, that's a guessing game. So how do you sit in between both parties and say, I know Susie is going to do well here because you, you haven't worked a day at that place, right? So is this just, is just like a sixth sense or like a 4D ability that you're like, hey, I, I know this brand. I know this culture. I know these people. I know Susie is going to jump out of the helicopter there. Parachute yeah. down, <laughs> machine gun out, and just, just nail it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I wish I always knew that definitively. Right. Um, I think there is a degree of it that is, you just don't know until, you know, all the interviewing in the world, you won't know until you kind of get in. But I do think there are some things that help make this a very educated guess, which I think is important. So the, the first is we, and this is what I love about working at Grace Blue, because this is our way of doing things. We spend a lot of time really understanding the client, the business and the culture before we even go into market on a job. Mm-hmm. So that means who are other people we know that are there? We've talked to a couple members of the leadership team. So while we haven't like necessarily worked in that particular place, and I think it helps that all of us have worked in the industry and are not classically trained recruiters. Right. So even though I may not have worked at a particular agency we're representing, I have worked in agencies. Yeah, you're a businesswoman at the end of the day. So I know yeah. kind of what the agency vibe is. I know what the reputation right. is. I have people right. that I work with who've worked in different places. So you right. kind of triangulate, you use all that information yeah. to get a sense of, yeah, this is a hard charging culture. It's very flat. Like this is about like, you got to get in and do it. There's very little bureaucracy. It can be a bit cutthroat. There's no good or bad cultures. There's just what that thing is, right? So if yeah. I know that and I know somebody is, much more sort of likes to debate, likes to take their time, is more, you know, maybe had more on the emotional intelligence side of things, uh, a little more, uh, a little less sort of lean in and needs to kind of be brought along. I don't know that that's going to work for either people. I think that person will be miserable. And I think mm-hmm. that the leadership of that organization will find that they're not performing. So I think it's really important to be honest mm-hmm. here. And so there are no wrong answers. Yeah. So when I ask somebody what kind of cultures you know, do you really thrive in? I'm really listening for that so that I can put you in the right place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't tell me what you think I want to hear. Right. Yeah. Tell me yeah. what's true for you. That, that makes sense. I, you know, it's so funny. It, it, it makes me think about people that I meet where they go, I'll take anything. I'm just looking for a job. That's yeah. definitely not a way to be a six figure person. No, that's definitely. a short term play. Yeah. That's a very and, short term play. Yeah. Like, it, um, or, or I just want to make more money. That's not a good idea. I just had this conversation with someone, James, where I was like, you, you don't chase the money and the money will come. 
Yeah, you, sh- you, you should and will and could have a six-figure job, but it needs to be something that fulfills you. And there's enough abundance and enough jobs and enough opportunities that there's six-figure plus jobs everywhere that will also fulfill you. But you do not have exactly to. Exactly right. Yeah, but you don't, you don't have to sit at the little kid's table. <laughs> yeah, and, and also don't, don't be somebody you're not because yeah. you want to get in. Like, I think that's right. the worst way to get in because the person that you are in that interview Mm-hmm. Keep in mind that's not just oh I'm I I just need to get through this the, these couple of interviews. That's a person that's need going to need to show up for six months, a year, two years, three years. So make sure you can wear that because you don't. Yeah. <laughs> can, can, can you play that Olivia Pope role all day every, every day? Yeah, for, not just for an interview for but. two years straight. Yeah, is that really you? That's yeah, that's yeah. tough. Yeah. Um. Great. So last last question. Um. Yeah. Um, cause you've been dropping a lot of, a lot of gems uh, along the way as, as one of my OG, uh, mentors that I've never met in real life, but I listened to his work, Earl, Earl Nightingale talks about acres of diamonds. So we've been, mm. we, we've been walking through a lot of diamonds. So all you gotta do is look, look, look down and pick them up. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> how would you suggest that someone pitches you? And what I mean by that, just to clarify for the audience, um, I teach people in the Six Figure Jobs course, hey, this is how you contact a recruiter. Mm. Say, hey, my name is Jennifer, my name is James, and I'm looking for this, and here's my experience and who I am as, as a person. So how, yeah. does, how does someone pitch you? No, it's a good, it's, um, it's such a good question. I think a couple of things. One, you know, if there is any kind of connection, use that. Right. So, Hey, I'm working with James. Um, and, and, you know, I, 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 he spoke highly of you or, you know, way I, I, I listened to this podcast and I heard you wrong that some form of like, help me understand why you want to talk to me or how we might wear that initial connection is I think mm-hmm. that's sort of just the human thing. Now right. I'm very careful with this one because I don't want it to be like for people who aren't in that network. It's not like, Oh, we only respond to people that are in our network. Cause I think that's the antithesis of the work that you're doing, which mm-hmm. I think is so powerful. Right? But right. find something, you know, find like a, Hey, I noticed that a, a point of commonality, it's in the same way that you would engage in a conversation with a stranger. Right. You know, you try to find a way to connect or something. Right. Um, oh, you went to Kansas State? I went to Kansas State. Right. Like just some form of like, oh, okay. Now we're now we're starting at a mutual connection point. Right. Um, so I think that's important. I don't think it's the only thing. Um tell your story in a way that is compelling and concise. Mm. Um, you know, because if and it is concise. a like <laughs> if I open up a, a LinkedIn message or an email and it's like I'm going to, I'm going to be like, Oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to come back to that because I need time to actually absorb it. Right. And what you want is for me to be like, Oh, let me respond to that right now. Right. So I think right. that, um, and then finally, you know, offer, and, and this one is up to the, you know, sort of to the person, but offer something of value. Like yeah. it's a value exchange. I think sometimes people forget that with recruiters, you know, it's a lot of like, what can I get from you? And so rarely that people ask us what they can do for us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's such a yeah. simple thing, but it does create sort of this relationship now where it's 
reciprocate. It's a reciprocal relationship. And that could be something as simple as I noticed that you do work with X and such client. And I saw this and I thought it was interesting. You know, mm-hmm. or I, I read this Harvard Business Review article on the trends in recruitment and where they're going. And, you know, just thought this might be interesting and relevant and just something that is like based on what you know of me, because hopefully you've done your research and you're not just sending a blanket. And that's probably one of the things you say is like, find out who the person is, who they represent, like do that work. Uh, hey, hey, I'm looking for a job. Hey, can, can, can you help me? Yeah. Like, right? no, I was no, like, to mm-hmm. no, I'm like, and, 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 and it, look, I, I want to, but it's just like, the other thing is the empathy, like just realize that, 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 right. that there's a lot of these messages coming in. Right. Um, when you're talking to recruiters. So it's, yeah. it's a bit of like, how can you make it easy for the person? How can you stand out in a way that's true to you? Um, and I think those things make a difference for us. Yeah, that was a fantastic tip that you just said. I'm going to repeat it so that the audience makes sure that you use this in your homework from this podcast and from this interview. So um, offer something of value to the person that you are approaching. Hey, I saw this interview, Harvard Business Review, CNN, Fox, and MSNBC. I know that you work with X, Y, and Z, and I thought that this may be interesting to you. Offer something of value, you know? So I think that's right, because then that starts a conversation. And then she- Exactly right. Right, and then Hermon, you also said, be concise. Don't, don't Don't try to sell too hard. Or tell your whole life story on one LinkedIn note. Just send yep. it and then trust. Trust and believe. Yep. <laughs> trust and believe. Yeah. And 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 I think a follow-up is fine. Yeah. Please don't be the person that spams yeah. the inbox. Because you know, like because then you're gonna that be has first. the exact opposite. Yeah, that yeah. that has the exact opposite. Or or and this happens rarely, but it happens, or the person who um, comes at this with some sort of entitlement. You know, Ooh. I can't believe you, it's happened. I can't believe I haven't heard anything from you with any jobs and done. It's, you're like, what, wait a minute. Oh my. Work for you like that. Oof. And that's certainly not going to motivate me. To yeah. Hard for you. You, <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I had somebody follow up again yesterday and you know how we have our special HR skills, right? The person followed up again yesterday junior role, part of a process. I think this is the fourth follow-up. I wrote back to the person and said, thank you so much for your follow-up. However, all processes are different and vary in time. I would advise you to not be too persistent because this can be perceived as inappropriate behavior. Boom. Oh, hold on. Let me take notes. I'm just going to type that. <laughs> but I just, I just pulled out the flamethrower and was like... <laughs> <laughs> but it's such good advice, right? Like it's a it, fine line between and and being persistent and being annoying. And yeah. you gotta you gotta use some degree of emotional intelligence to understand where that is. Yes, I was actually trying to help them. I mean, of course I was professional, but I was all but I also just, you know, I, a very yeah. eloquent way of roasting people. But also, you know, there was nothing rude about it. And what I said was nope. honest. But hey, yep. let, let me help you. Because apparently someone didn't teach you this. Yeah. And if you're doing it to you, James, chances are that that, that went to, I mean, it might have been a blanket. So you're now trying to minimize the impact of that where you're like, don't, 
not about me. It's also just for you. Don't do this as a right. person. And, and, and I like what you said about like the empathy and the privilege piece, because what I find with privileged people, or I guess I would say people who perceive themselves to be whatever, or maybe they're just not privileged. Maybe they're just not self-aware. So I give everybody Point. the benefit of the doubt. But I had a vendor, similar, follow up again. And I said, hey, I just want to let you know, I enjoyed our conversation, but you should know that our process with you is one of many in the moment. Mm. And my first priority is the health and well-being of my population. And I'm dealing with that right now. So I think your platform is great. I love you. God bless you. I want nothing but the best for you. But you need to calm the fuck down. Yep. And wait for me to get back to you. Because if I have a health issue with an employee, that is my job number one above all. That's right. So, you know, so people who don't see that, it's like your cadence of follow-up and communication. And I love that we're riffing on this topic because, yeah. this, because this is like a business one-on-one it that is. it's not taught anywhere, but you have to get this right. I couldn't agree more. And it's literally just think about being on the receiving end of this. If yeah. you are me, what else do you think I have going on? You know, what else do you think is happening to your point? Like in my inbox or in my organization, or, so or, or, start or, there. Or in your personal life. I, I tell, I, I, teach, I teach early stage employees all the time. When you're in a pitch, please assume, assume the person is hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Halt. Oh, I love that, James. Use it. Use it. Take I it. I will. I will. Take it and use That's it. so good. So I used to teach business development. I said, pitch this as if you know they are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And think about them as a, as a three-year-old. How do you think a three-year-old acts when they're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? You're not getting shit yeah. in. So you need that. to be quick provocative, evoking of emotion. If our meeting, you got 20 minutes and then shut up. <laughs> I love halt so much. Halt. <laughs> like, that should be, that should just be taught in every sort of, it is business 101, right? It's, yes. it's, it's relating to people 101. Actually, it's not even business, it's life. Yeah. Uh, Please assume that the person you're speaking to is that. Yeah. And then, and then, so don't waste their time. Don't run off of the mouth. Listen. I mean, it's the basics. And you'll stand out, right? Like I'm more inclined to then go out of my way for somebody who's thinking about my well-being in addition to theirs versus somebody who's just trying to take, take, take. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it, 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 it works because it's not just, oh, well, that, that person is going to be more receptive. You're actually going to be more successful. Yeah. in whatever it is you're setting out to do if you keep yeah. that in mind exactly okay. i always learned so much from you james oh, this is no exception you.